Like you, I have been experiencing the whole spectrum of grief and horror and shock and even shame as I read the news. And I read what my friends have shared and, and I watch the news clips and I pray. And I keep asking God, what can one person do? How can one person, how can I bring God's grace and Jesus' healing love and transforming power into such a hurting and broken nation? Will my vote count? Will my heart aching help anybody? Will my wishing things could be better help? Is my praying going to make a difference? I mean, I feel so helpless. I don't even know what to do. And I wonder if some of you feel the same way. How do I start? I don't have a lot of resources. I'm just one person. Well, God's been giving answers. God's been giving wisdom through unexpected conversations I've been having with people. God's been giving practical advice. Some of his advice has come from really crazy places. I watched a random sermon that another friend posted. And the sermon was great. In fact, I'm going to leave a link for that sermon at the end of this talk. It's only about 10 minutes anyway. And Tony Evans, the guy who gave the sermon, really great advice. And even more deeply, God has been talking to me through his word. So here's the first part of what God has given. It comes from a, a letter that Paul wrote to another very hurting community where there was a lot of conflict between people of two cultures and two races. Here's what he said. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you and I were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean? but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, 
we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. The Apostle Paul offers three important points here. The first point is that God has done the divine work. He's called you and me. He transformed us from earthly into heavenly. God is giving us not only new life, but eternal life. In fact, we're new creations, something entirely other than we were before. Now, you and I are to live into this new us. His second point is that every one of us, regardless of how we see ourselves, has been given an important work that's part of God's kingdom work. Every one of us has been given spiritual power. All of us have spiritual gifts. Every single one of us has at least one other person to love, to care for, and to serve. And you know there is at least one other person in our lives that we need to reconcile with that relationship needs to be restored with. Every single one of us, whether we're little or big, or dark-colored or light-colored, whether we're male or female, whether we think we're smart or not so smart, whether we think we're talented or don't have any talented things that we can do, whoever we are, whatever we think of ourselves, each one of us has been given the Holy Spirit and his smartness and goodness and ability, talents, you name it, is limitless. That is who you and I really are. And Paul's third point comes right out of that. It's time for us to come into our own. Even here in Arnold, Maryland, there are hungry people and sad people and lonely people, people who can't get out, disadvantaged people, people of color who don't get the same break as people who are white. In fact, every single one of us, whether we realize it or not, knows at least one other person that we have something we could offer and help. And you and I have God's calling. We have his Holy Spirit. We have his grace. We have God's spiritual gifts. And most importantly, you and I have God's love, which, by the way, Paul said in this letter, God lavishes. If you go back to the first two chapters, you're going to find out that God lavishes all his love and his blessing. It's like a cup that spills over. In fact, according to the dictionary, lavish as an adjective means sumptuously rich, elaborate or luxurious. And as a verb, to lavish is to bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities. You know how David described God's love and blessing? He said, my cup runs over. What would it be like if you and I loved so much that other people's cups would simply run over with all that love? You know, maybe we could start a movement. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But some of you are thinking, how are we going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? Well, here's where Tony Evans comes in. 
I got the practical answer from Tony Evans. He spoke directly to race relations. But I think we can take it even farther. I mean, why stop there? Why not love people who are disadvantaged? Why not love people who are just other in some way? Why not love people who are lonely or hard to get along with? I mean, if they're hard to get along with, probably there aren't very many people in their lives who are loving them, right? I think it's God's intention that you and I be the very body of Christ in this world. So here's what Tony Evans said. He said, find someone who's not like you and me. Become their friend. And then after you've become their friend and been part of their lives for a while, you and them join together. Maybe if you have families, join your families together, not only in friendship, but in practical help. You both pick someone else who isn't like either of you and go over there and share friendship with them and help if they need it. I mean, I feel like that's a great challenge. So like I say, I'm going to put a link to Tony Evans' talk. It's only about 10 minutes, maybe 12. It's worth the listen if you have time. God gave me more than that. He gave me another answer that is pretty spiritual, goes actually very deep because it goes into the heart of who, of who you and I are, where we're coming from, and where God intends for us to go. It comes out of another letter that Paul wrote, this time to a community that he loved being a part of, and yet there were still some people in there who were involved in conflict, and he wanted them to resolve not only the conflict, but to restore the relationship. But interspersed in his letter, I'm going to put two things from the Gospels that describe Jesus, and then right at the end, I'm going to put what God's vision is for us ultimately. So here we go. Philippians. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you. But whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. 
Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Paul wisely pointed to Jesus when he asked those in conflict in the Philippian community to think not of themselves, but of those they had offended. This was not about deciding who was right, who was wisest or most mature, who was more deserving. This was about loving well and sharing in the same spirit and mind of Christ. And Jesus shows us how. The King of the universe stepped off his throne and clothing himself as a servant took the lowliest task in any household of his day and tenderly washed the feet of each of his disciples, including Judas, who would betray him in just a few hours later. Jesus knew that. Jesus, the light of heaven, brought his light, heaven's light, into the darkness of the world. And this is how he shone with love. And because of his great love for his own, the master became a servant. The king made himself subject, and the Lord of heaven brought heaven to earth. And then he said, Go and do likewise. Though Jesus was the rightest of all, though he certainly was all-wise, the ancient of days, and though he alone deserved everyone's obedience and everyone's subservience, Jesus chose to lead another way. In a trenchantly patriarchal and hierarchical world, Jesus chose to lead from underneath, to be first in sacrificial love, 
to make himself vulnerable and approachable, to be a safe person who would bring healing, not cause harm, to share his light with everyone who wanted to see. God's vision for us is heaven, where every person's dignity and worth is known, where every language, every ethnic group, every color and culture, every type of person is equally standing before the throne of God, and their voice adds to the beauty of praise. There is no one in front. There's no one on top. There's no pyramid or special tier. Everyone stands side by side. And God's call to you and me, to each of us, is to live in the light of heaven, to bring this vision into all our lives. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Oh God, please help us own who we really are, who you have made us to be, people with the ability to listen well, to love well, and to give well. Please rest your hand on our shoulders when we want to defend ourselves. Help us to be slow to speak and to have the capacity to receive with grace. Help us to really listen and to offer compassion and grace and to ask forgiveness when we've done wrong. And God, I know sometimes you're asking us to remember how you who have never done any wrong still took upon yourself the sins of others. Help us also to ask forgiveness on behalf of those who are like us, who have wronged people of another color or culture, and who have wronged the disadvantaged. And most of all, O oh God, please help us bring the light of heaven here to earth. Help us to shine brightly with love. Bring into our lives those whom you intend to bless and then show us how to bless as you do really well till their cup overflows to the praise of your glorious grace. Amen.